The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Great, great, yeah. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thank you so much, as always, for making your way here and checking out the episode in this series I do hope you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week In fact, it's three a week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday To keep you up to date on your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world At all the usual spots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify ACAST, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, James Blake. We're going to be talking about his uh, his new record, Friends That Break Your Hearts. The English singer-songwriter going to tell us about the process of deciding what this album should be, uh, comparisons with and being jealous of other artists, and covering Joy Division on the preceding covers EP. He did uh, Atmosphere. Uh, Blake also talks about his knack for left turns in his songs, uh, using less of his famous falsetto on this set, and having uh, SZA and uh, Jid guest as well. So uh, let's get into it, talking about friends that break your hearts. It's Kyle Meredith with James Blake. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing? Uh, this record, uh, as usual, is amazing. It's beautiful. It's um, I, I know there's a lot of emotions going all through it. I'm not sure really which one to land on to compliment you on, but it's a compliment <laughs> just the same. <laughs> it's I, I take it. I take it as it comes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into it, it, you know, kind of backing up just a little bit too. So I know a lot of this was recorded over the past year, but uh, just last year you also gave us that covers EP, uh, which I don't know if it set us up for this or if it was his own little capsule thing. And and I know it rarely works this way, but I but I wondered, you know, if if by chance that you were working on these sort of simultaneously, did you find you get to a point where, you know, you're 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 finding some of the things you're taking from those covers and applying them uh, to this album here? Yeah, and also, you know, the covers EP, the before EP, and this album came from one pool of tracks. I mean, the covers EP maybe less so, but the uh, before EP certainly. Um, initially I had the idea of, of making this a much more up-tempo, um, much longer album. Um, but in the end, when I had, when I was looking at all of the tracks, uh, the track pool, it just felt like 
the strongest dance music could really be boiled down to like four or five tracks. So I just put it out on a on an EP. Um, and then the rest of it was more songwriting material. So I just, you know, ended up, it grew, it grew arms and legs and became this. I do love, by the way, that you covered uh, Atmosphere. I mean, that's, that's one of my... Love that song. Yeah, favorite songs right there. I... I, I get this point that that's in this sort of special club of songs that I don't think I could ever learn to play because for me, when I learn to play a song, you know, you, you get more personal with it. When you, when you learn a song, you get a lot more personal with it. And there's some songs that mm-hmm. have a certain amount of magic that I feel like if I were to ever do something with it, I would lose the magic in the song. You know, it's, I was really afraid of that, to be honest with Joy Division. And to I mean to some people it has lost the magic I'm sure you know like you can't please everyone and Joy Division especially Joy Division fans are going to be super precious about versions of that song and those songs so I get it um but I think I just did my best to keep it keep the spirit of it um and as long as you I just wanted to respect the song I didn't want to do something too drastic and keep the kind of, you know, like translate elements of the production, like the kind of um, the bell tree sound uh, that happens, the, the sort of iconic bell tree sound, like that, that, that becomes like a piano kind of swoop. Uh, and then just trying to, you know, trying to retain the mood of the vocals as well um, without impersonating him. So, you know, just trying to, yeah, do my best. What's um, I guess when I find those spots that that run that that I find sort of make its way into this record, uh, what's the the song coming back uh, on this new record, mm-hmm. Friends That Break Your Heart, coming back? That there is a piano in there that sounds it almost sounds like you're doing a duet with the past, and I'm not trying to be overly poetic when yeah. I say that, but but there yeah. is something that sounds like you've reached into the past and grabbed that, not changed it, you know, and just and just met it with, with the current present. Uh, that might be a good place to start with this record. You know, what's happening right there? Well, Dom Maker, who is a permanent feature of collaboration in, in all my stuff uh, nowadays, is um, he was the one who reached into the past uh, and brought that piano part to me. And me and, and Stara initially uh, wrote to it and then Scissor came in and, and did her thing and, and then we ended up with this song um, Starter and then it just went from there and it took me a while to figure out how to actually produce it right but it was I could tell there was something special from from when we first did it. So some of these songs though they've been around I, I mean what say what you will you started it's the first single you, you started playing that actually live a couple years ago right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I, my thought at first was maybe these were all sort of pandemic songs, but they actually do stretch a little bit further back. A little bit. Yeah. Was it still able to, I mean, were you still able to, I guess, do all the songs fit within the concept that you sort of uh, hinted at? Yes. Most of them. I mean, some of them are, you know, I mean, there's a couple of love songs on there that are, you know, not about friends breaking your heart. There's also Say What You Will isn't really about friends breaking your heart. But the, you know, all of all the subject matters I touch on, I guess, I guess, friendship and and some of those kind of maybe some of the darker themes, 
uh, are represented in that in that uh, album title. Um, also, I think you know, I mean, one of the working titles for it was was Famous Last Words because I thought it'd be funny to release an album that sounded like I was retiring, but it just it just didn't suit every song um, or, or like the majority. The concept, as you're saying, sort of plays out in the title. I, I don't know how deep you want to go in there, but but why is this the concept? Well, when I looked back at all the songs I'd written, the track pool for what I had, it became clear that like I'd dwelled more on in my writing. I'd dwelled more on on these difficult friendship situations than I had on love or on anything else, um, and it just became you know i think it felt very relevant to the current state of the world and what a lot of people have been experiencing you know like distance from friends distance from family distance from from everyone um and a lot of my friends were reporting relationships crumbling and and like finding it very difficult to to keep you know their friendships up essentially during this crazy moment and so it just felt very relevant friendships really took a and you know all types of relationships took a real beating over the <laughs> over the pandemic so yeah and then it just you know and then it and then friends that break your heart came as a, as a title and it just felt right you sort of just blew my mind a little bit right there because i expected this was something much more personal in a way but but that's something that we've all dealt with. That's, I mean, the amount of, yeah. you know, family members that I've sort of had to shut out for now and, and, and friends and, and on, on and on. Yeah. That's, um, that's been crazy. That's been so nuts and about they, all of this. And like some people just didn't have a place in our new lives, you know, in the new reality of our lives. There were just people who just didn't make it. I mean, metaphorically didn't make it. <laughs> there are was, also people who didn't make it actually, but. No, I was going to say, I, I'm um, personally, you know, for me, I was more surprised. It's almost like I could deal with my family members on the political side of things, you know, when it came to right. you know, Trump or anything else. But but when it came to the uh, the pandemic and the vaccine, that, that ended up being surprisingly the dividing line for, for all of us, I think. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, especially I think in this country, there's a there's a like there's a lot of things in the last few years that have unnecessarily, you know, probably unnecessarily torn families apart based on their opinions on certain things it's quite sad and it's and it's often media fueled i mean it's just not necessary a lot of the time but it you know did bring out some aspects of people's character that we didn't see before i guess and <laughs> sometimes you see something in someone and you go oh didn't know that was there there's a certain of uh, a certain small amount of ignorance is bliss uh, when it comes to relationships, especially family. I think that's true. I think you know, it's some people you just don't want to know everything about um, once you open that door. So I want to jump back to this uh, first single, uh, "Say What You Will," which comes with this great video, which also co-stars uh, Phineas in it, and a and a um, a, a quote that you include when comparison is the thief of joy. And I do feel like you're painting something there. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say what's obvious and what's not. This is coming, you know, uh, just from my yeah. take on it all. But um, but I do know about the comparisons, what Phineas does, what Billy mm -hmm. has done, what you have done, you know, to, you know, the comparisons to each other, comparisons that you've probably got throughout your career to other artists. Mm -hmm. Is that is that what's exactly going on in this video? Well, first, the first, I mean, some people's first reaction to that video was, 
oh, but James, like you shouldn't compare yourself to Phineas. Like you're, you're just, you're good. Like you're, you know, you're successful. You're, you've done well. You've done, your music's, your music's very nice. And it's like, no, thank you. But that's not what this. <laughs> that's not what I was. That's not the point I was trying to make. Um, the point I'm trying to make in the video is is that it doesn't matter how successful you are. There's going to be someone who presses your buttons, who who you're jealous of, who brings, who seems to just get everything right. Everything that you get wrong, they get right. And uh, it just pulls at your, you know, it just presses, yeah, it just presses your buttons, basically. Um, and I think it's, I'm sure most people have been through that, have got someone they can think of who is like, you know, they feel like they're in competition with and that person doesn't even know that that person doesn't even give a shit about what you think. Um, and they're just living their lives and doing their thing. And they're probably becoming more successful because of their lack of doing that, uh, their lack of comparing themselves to other people. Or maybe they're also comparing that. And however successful they get, they've got somebody else who they're doing the same thing with. So I think it was just a commentary on that, really. Um, and the way we can apply that to Instagram, the way we can apply it to somebody's you know yeah they're face tuning all their photographs but they're more beautiful than me or they're i can't attain those beauty standards or i can't attain you know their lifestyle standards and, and it's and it's all just bullshit um and i guess it's not you know it's not a new concept for me to say that it's not like i'm the first person who said oh don't, maybe don't compare yourself to everyone it's going to make yourself unhappy but but is i do think it's valid it's a it's a worthy uh, a worthwhile concept for us all you uh, on your Instagram, uh, being okay with where you're at and fuck them all. Uh, that's the quoting you right there, which I absolutely love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love your. And um... um, by the way, it's not to it's not to it's not to say that like aspiration is bad or because I know like you know in this country there's a there's a to some degree there's a healthy like f feeling of aspiration and like I want to achieve a lot and you know and and everything, but it's just. I think there is it, it can be that to a certain extent and then it becomes unhealthy and then then there's a kind of um, it becomes a burden um, on the psyche. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, the, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Well, I also want to compliment you on that song. And you do this and you've done this throughout your career. Your choice of where a song goes is always so surprising. You know, watching, watching you perform that one live, say what you will. It was one of the first times I realized, at least the way I see it, that it, it seems like so much of your decision on where a song can go is so much based on feeling because mm -hmm. it's not traditional. I mean, you've got verses and you've got hooks or choruses or whatever, but you take these diversions, these left turns vocally, you know, and it, it's almost like what someone would do in their, like, uh, 
I'm going to say it, a basic songwriter yeah. would take those moments in their bedroom and then smooth them out, you know, filter them out later. And, and, and that's yeah. not always the case with you. I, I, don't, I don't know if you can speak to that, but it's one of the things I, I respect most about your writing. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's um, probably one of the things I've been most insecure about, if anything, <laughs> is, uh, is the fact that my songs often get comments of like, oh, <laughs> instead of like, instead of the usual, I don't know. Like I, I sometimes worry that the twists um, can throw people off or, or make my music less accessible. And, you know, like, oh, then, you know, then I'm not, you know, it's, it's like, then I can't be, I you know I, I can't be a a certain I can't be in that group of accepted songwriters or I can't be do you know what I mean it's like it, it's it's one of the things that has led me to not be accepted at the same time as one of the things is that's granted me complete acceptance with with certain people and and like so it's been a kind of um, and it might be the thing that hinges like people's acceptance it kind of like divides it kind of sorts certain people from others you know like oh well if they like that moment then they're open to other creative endeavors and it, and if if they don't then maybe they're more straight laced and they like this kind of thing or, or maybe they're more like into pop and that's just what they do i don't worry so much about that now but that's definitely made me insecure in the past is this feeling of like my natural the way i naturally do things kind of puts some people off uh and it's like if you apply that to just general life it's like you can't walk around thinking that you just gotta be yourself haven't you really but i remember rick rubin uh we were doing this podcast and he said um he was like your greatest skill is collage he's like that's the thing you're best at and i loved it. i love it when you do that i don't really care about this traditional song structures i just want to hear you be yourself and do the, these crazy experiments and he does i mean sorry he, i don't think he said he doesn't care about the rest of it but he, he was like i think you doing what you do best is doing that and i was like well that's cool that's cool for someone like that who's seen all these records go by and produced a lot of them to say that it made me feel very accepted and uh i don't know why so i thought it set me off on like a ramble but um you know it's 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 sweet when someone says that that's what they actually like about it there's an interesting uh, brian eno has these flashcards. uh they're called oblique strategies i know those yeah right and one of the cards is take the element that is the most embarrassing element of this song and amplify it <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i've got to do basically uh I, I was going to use your quote there and fuck them all, you know, <laughs> Yeah, man. to go back there. But, but seriously, that's like, I could say, I can't always sing along with you, like in the shower, you know, if your music comes out or whatever, but, uh, yeah. but, but that's why, well, try not to I'm paint just, pictures. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you've painted the picture vividly. It's, 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 it's living. But, but at the same time, I think that's why I keep coming back. I mean, there are a lot of basic songs out there, you know, and they, they come and mm -hmm. go, but there's always something so much more interesting. I mean, the, the songs that I love the most 
have some version of weird to them, you know, and, and I say yeah. that in a broad scope, but that, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and the yeah. classics, those are the ones that survive. Those are the ones mm-hmm. that make it, you know, so, so the compliments. I agree with you, man. It's always been my favorite thing is somebody who, who, you know, who's daring. Otherwise you're just, I don't know. Yeah. I enjoy daring music, basically. There's another song on here, um, Funeral, and you're exercising your, I don't know if you're soprano or whatever. Actually, I, I didn't have it in my earbuds at first. The first time I heard it, you know, I just had it on a speaker and I thought you were duetting with Feist for a second. And something that you were mm. register was so, so like that. And 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 again, it's it's one of those moments where, you know, I come to appreciate your range because, you know, you, you seem to have this natural baritone, but kind of pulling it in and there. And I don't know, when do you know that it's time for that? Because again, it seems like it comes so natural, like it's a feeling for you, but but is there a moment, you know, it's like, oh, it's, I got to take it up here. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's always the, you know, there is a classic technique of like doing the low, doing the low verse and then the high chorus. It's, you know, it's like, it's quite Adele, actually. Someone like you follows that kind of framework. Um, and a lot of Adele songs where she, she, belts the chorus and it's just like it hits even harder because she goes up the octave as well that's something that I guess happens in funeral except not to the effect of someone like you <laughs> but you know what I mean right. um I do my little version of that uh but it but yeah that I think that happens and and also and I don't really know when to use the lower notes I think actually I haven't really start I didn't really start singing in my lower register until quite recently I was always doing falsetto almost on every song. And, and I think I just got a bit sick of being in that range because it doesn't, falsetto is lovely, but it doesn't always convey what I want to say. It can feel quite disem, disembodied maybe sometimes. Like it's like, it's like, it's not, you know, I don't speak like that, you know. It would be weird if uh, every time I had a conversation, I went into this, you know what I mean? It's like, something about automatically as soon as I sing just going it's just like that's not actually I think that's in a way affected I think having a broader range of like what represents your actual vocal range and maybe the way you normally speak as well is maybe more natural but I was imitating all the female singers that I grew up listening to who had crazy high voices and actually you know, not just female singers, just people who had crazy ranges, who often existed at that range. So like Prince, D'Angelo, Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Bee Gees, still uh, like all these people who who just that's just where they lived. Um, sometimes you know a lot of the time. So, but I think over my course of my career, I've just wanted to be a bit more, I don't know, just like explore the other parts of my voice. That more natural side. Thank goodness you just didn't walk around jumping into falsetto all the time. I'm pretty sure you'd that'd be looked at as a I wouldn't crazy. have any. I wouldn't have any friends. Let's be honest. <laughs> While you're mix, uh, mentioning other artists, uh, we should also throw some love to the uh, the guests that you do have on this record. Uh, you've got a yeah, few. You know, Scissors on here, uh, Suave, Monica yeah. Martin. I don't know. There is there anything? How did they end up specifically? Do you hear their voices in your head as you're writing songs, or does that ever happen when you're thinking about guests? Well, the scissor one happened in the same room. The jeered one happened over over Zoom, actually, because <laughs> we were, you know, we were in lockdown. He sent over 
so I made the beat for him. I made the beat hoping it would be on his record actually. I was because I was making stuff for him. And we made a bunch of stuff and then some other stuff I think he may have taken for his record. I'm not sure. Uh I, that's not been confirmed yet. But but this one, he was like, I don't think this one's gonna fit, but I really love what it is. And I was like, Well, I'll take it. I'll put it on my album because I had a majority of the record already done by that point and I was like, or kind of confirmed. And um I was like, oh, that would sound good on my record, I think. And then, and then I just had this rap feature, this amazing jid verse, but with no chorus. There's no chorus. There's no like structure to the song. It was just like I didn't know how to make it into a song. And then Jamila was like, why don't you just put Suave on it? Like this rapper who I've been working with for years, who is, well, a couple of years. He's amazing, and and he's also from Atlanta, and he's friends with Jid. He'd been working with you already. So I was like, well, of course, makes so much sense. Uh, so I sent it to Suave and Suave made, Suave did the verse in 30 minutes and sent it back. Like it was like 11 o'clock at night. He was already in the studio. I texted him. He was like, what? Yes, of course I'll do that. And, you know, we've done a bunch of stuff together before, but I've never asked him to just be on one of my songs for a record or anything like that. And he just turned it around in half an hour and sent it back. And it was exactly the, the take that's on there now. And it really, to me, it was like, it was masterful what he did. It's like, it sounds like early Eminem, like the way he's like playful with it. And he conjures this whole like visual story. And then it's like at the end, like in his mind, like in, in his story, he's concocted, I shoot them both in the head. And then, and then he's made it all up and he's like, oh, maybe I am crazy. It's like just th that whole thing. It's just like that is just, you don't expect to hear that on one of my albums. I was like, that's perfect. You're a genius. Thank you. I'll tell you when, I'll let you know when it's done. So it's just moments like that, man. It's like collaboration is just so fun because, you know, what's the alternative? Me just sitting in my room, just being like, <laughs> you know, like staring at the walls, just, just being, you know, being self-critical. It's like, no. Nah we had to open this process up at some point because I was going to go nuts. Uh, it's perfectly placed in the record too. I mean, again, I didn't, you know, you know, the first time you hear it, you don't know what's coming and, and everything, yeah. every, I mean, I, I, not just that moment, everything about this record, it is just so perfectly, perfectly done. And uh, I know you got, yeah, you got the tour coming up. I'll quickly ask, I mean, what does that look like? Because everything's different these days. Yeah. Uh, well, the tour is looking like a lot of, a lot of COVID tests and um, you know, just going wherever we can for as long as we can. I mean, I just want to, I just want to make sure we do every show basically. And I want to do it safely. I want to make sure my crew's safe. I want to make sure my band, the, the, you know, the, the audience are all safe and just try and bring the, bring the best show possible. And, and I think it's going to be pretty overwhelming to see that many people in front of me after probably the most people I've been around is two uh, or three. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't even been going to parties. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've basically just been in the house or just, you know, going for hikes or going, you know, like doing sessions. But the idea of doing a show is just seems insane. <laughs> I can't, can't, can't picture it almost. Culture shock on the way. Yeah, it's going to be a shock. <laughs> uh, I look forward uh, to, to all of it. And again, uh, this record, it, it's so beautiful. Friends uh, that break your hearts which you can see on the merch of your shirt right there, nicely placed for the interview.
I actually ran out of t-shirts. That's why I'm wearing this. <laughs> uh, got a big box of merch just sitting there. So yeah, yeah. perfect. James, thank you so much uh, for the music and, uh, and especially thanks for taking the time to talk about it today. Yeah, man. Thanks, Carl. Like what you're doing. Thanks. Appreciate it. A big old thanks to James Blake. Again, the newest record is called Friends That Break Your Hearts. Thanks to you as well uh, for, again, checking out the episode. Hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the whole series. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? This is your kind of thing, right? New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcasts from. After that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.